0: Father, I pray that we would put our hope and trust in you and you alone. I pray that we would build our lives around you and what you say. God, I pray that we would be so committed to you that we would trust you with everything that comes our way. God, may our eyes be open to the truth. I pray that you would speak to everyone Who's joined us in worship today? I pray for those who are not yet followers of Jesus that today would be the day they'd say, I'll put my trust in you. And then for many of us who have been followers of you for some time, Father, I pray that you'd speak to us if there are areas in our lives where we have left you out. God, I pray that you would uh, convict us of that, you'd bring that to our mind's eye, even as I'm praying. And that we would come to a conclusion that we would trust you with all that we have. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you're here. And online, you may be seated. So last week, uh, I shared with you uh, a need that we have. Uh, As many of you who've been part of the New Cup family for some time... Uh, It has not been unusual for us to send a group to India to uh, work alongside some uh, local followers of Christ who are uh, leading churches uh, to be built and established. And over the last year, COVID has been devastating, not just here, but certainly in India, and it still continues to be so. Uh, Our friend there uh, knows that we pray for him frequently. He stays in touch with us, and he laid out a need for uh, that they are trying to do trying to meet a need one they 're trying to feed one hundred and twenty families they 've moved into the slums uh, and trying to meet the needs of those uh, who are just meeting from from uh, eating from from one day to the next, just barely making ends meet if at all uh, there are medical needs that uh, need to be met as well as then uh, the covid shot which costs there, and so he said we need about four thousand dollars for help for us to be able to work with 120 families so i shared that with new cuff i've got good news for you i've got really good news for you i've got amazing news for you we we met the need but more than met the need wait for it wait for it wait for it yeah how about fourteen thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars uh we had uh three thousand dollars come in uh this morning so it just keeps rolling in and uh i i'm so proud of new cove i'm so proud to be a part of new cove i say that over and over again but the generosity of our church that just says yes we have needs but there are other people outside the walls of new cove that have needs and it's just amazing news and uh so uh, Auntie Karen will have the opportunity uh, to share with our family uh, with our family in India what the numbers are. They just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so thank you, NewCov. I don't know what to say other than uh, you're amazing. And I'm proud to be a part of this NewCov family over and over again. And throughout the last year, we've stayed together. And uh, that has not been easy, so many differences of opinions. Convictions and, and followers of Jesus and we just have kept our church together and so I'm so grateful uh, for your commitment to say people matter and then we will continue to do so we're going to continue to point people to Jesus that is what drives New Cubs and will always drive New Cubs say what does God's word say and how do we align with that and when we don't we'll clean up what we mess up uh, so that's how we are I have uh, more good news for you uh, and that comes in uh, our uh, Our focal verse that I want to pray uh, this verse over our church, any needs that come forward, uh, this will be the verse that drives us you 'll recognize it, but there 's a reason that i 'm using this verse again so get your get your phone and look to the QR code for those of you that are here at, in, in in the house. Uh, put your camera on that, and you 'll have opportunity to put in a prayer request those online. Uh, There's a place up in the drop box for you to be able to put in prayer requests. This is what we're going to pray. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Jesus has already gone there for us. Jesus is the anchor. He's the one uh, upon whom we put our hope and trust. He is our anchor. He's strong. He's trustworthy. And he's already gone ahead of us. And so whatever need you have, whatever comes your way... Christ is there to be your anchor. So we talked about this last week, and then I'll share a little addition. If you let your circumstances define the way you see God, you're a prisoner of what's right in front of you. That's a very frustrating frustrating way to live. But if Jesus is your anchor, if you let God define the way you see your circumstances, you're a prisoner of hope. And that is what we will pray, is that whatever needs you put forth, that we will say, we're going to pray that Jesus one will be your anchor, that you put your hope and trust in him, regardless of what may come, and that you would find hope today. So here's what we shared a couple weeks ago. An anchor kept inside the boat does us no good. It's only when you drop it outside the boat, ensuring it, that it's embedded beneath the water's surface, that we have anchor for stability. That we don't... The anchor inside the boat is still under our control. You drop anchor and all of a sudden it's out of your control and in the anchor's control. So I had a, fr- uh, a friend who attends here regularly sent me this uh, email. Tim, we had to smile when you talked about throwing the anchor in. When my nephew was young in middle school, my dad took him fishing in his old John boat. When they got to the best fishing hole... My dad told my nephew, drop the anchor over the side. Well, they kept drifting. And dad asked him, did you drop the anchor in the water? Nate said, yes. Then dad asked him, did you tie the rope to the anchor? (laughs) Nate said, is that important? (laughs) So to be sure, don't jettison the anchor tie yourself to the anchor Want to make sure we all got that right and so as we pray through this we just want to say oh jesus may we tie ourselves to you and you be our anchor you be our hope that we put our hope and trust in you so let's pray together father i pray that as all the prayer requests come in as we uh, face all kinds of circumstances and many times uh rough waters. I pray that we would not jettison our hope in you, but I pray that we would tie our hope to you as our anchor. Father, I pray that you would just give us exactly what we need today. And Father, we commit our lives to you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've got more good news for you. Listen to this, John twenty thirty one. But these things are written... That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. The book of John is talking about the anchor. And here is probably the biggest take home of all the book of John. It says, But these things are written. And by the way, John, the beloved one, He's the one who's writing this. He hung out with you. He is an eyewitness account. He went with Jesus through the highs and lows. He was with Jesus at all times up until his death. He was also around when Jesus was resurrected. This guy has information that will be life-changing. And here's what he says as I write down these eyewitness accounts of what happened. He says, what I want you to know is I've written these things uh, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, which sets him aside from all others, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Who doesn't want to have life in the anchor? And that's what Jesus is promising all the way through. As we study uh, through the book of John, we're going to see how Jesus keeps coming back saying, I want to offer you life. What we're talking about is a biblical worldview, or if you want to call it an anchor worldview worldview. But the the biblical worldview is saying, what does God's word have to say? What does Jesus say? How do we align our lives to this? And that is where where we go from there. Well, I've got good news. Here's some more good news. John 1, verse 14. So the word, it's referring to Jesus. So the word became human or became flesh and made his home among us. Here again. Tying yourself to the anchor. When you tie yourself to the anchor, he comes alongside you and shows up at your home, wherever you are. He made his life his home among us. He was full of the, listen to this. What looked what he brought with him: unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one. And only son. It just gets better. John 10.10. 10, Jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is what this world is wanting to do is to take your hope away from God for you to live hopeless lives. And destroy all what hope you may have, and have you to build your life as you as the anchor. Bad news to do that. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich And satisfying life. Wow. Not just in eternity, yes. But he's come to cause all things to work together for good to those of us who love him. For us to have a full and and, and great life doesn't necessarily mean an easy life. We all live in a fallen world. But he's come to be our anchor. And when you have the anchor in Christ, he becomes your hope regardless of what may come your way. The news gets better. John 10, 27 to 30, Jesus said, My sheep, listen to my voice. In other words, those of us who are followers of him. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can pluck them, snatch them out of my my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand in other words, he's saying, my dad's bigger than your dad. My dad can beat up your dad. When you invite Jesus to come into your life, you fall into the hands of God. And it says, nothing can pluck you out. Nothing can pull you out. Nothing is stronger than that. Because my father has given them life, eternal life. And no one, nothing can pluck you out of the father's hand once you've made a decision to become a follower of Jesus, to make Jesus the anchor of of your life. John is the author of this amazing book, this book full of good news. And we have this guy who is a frontline observer. He had a close relationship with Jesus. In fact, the, the, G, the one whom Jesus loved. Jesus loves everybody, but he had a few that were incredibly special to him. And John is one of those. And so you get front line attention all the way through the book of john in fact what john wants you to know is he wants you, uh, he wants to say this to only know jesus for heaven tomorrow is to miss the joy of heaven on earth in a growing living relationship with christ today that there is life not just eternal life but it's already begun That eternal life has already begun. The moment you invite Jesus to come to be the anchor of your life, your eternity already is in, in, in progress. So John will tell us that Jesus is certainly the divine Messiah, but he's also the God who's dwelling in our midst, who has a kingdom that is not of this world. And here's the temptation for all of us, and especially as we look through the book of John this summer. As we look at it, the temptation is to build our own kingdom. And the problem is every kingdom has a king, but there's only one who deserves to be the king. Many of us have this idea of trying to build a life that's not transcendent. And what I mean by that is we try to build a life where there's no room for God. And so as we pray through the book of John, as we work in it, we're going to be asking you to say, God, where, where have I left you out of the picture Where have I closed the door and said I don't believe what I'm facing is big enough for you Is is, what I'm facing is too big for you to handle where you've left God out and we want to say no there's room for the transcendence there's room for Jesus to show up in fact John is going to prove it to us as we look through this. John talks about these eight miracles, and he talks about the power of these miracles and how it proved that Jesus is the Son of God. He's going to talk about these seven I am statements that just blow you away, and it so fits in with the the current culture of then and today when he talks about that he is an I am, I am, I've always existed. John offers this amazing information, and you need to know something about John. John stayed with his commitment to Jesus Christ through highs and lows. He faced martyrdom. When you look at the early church fathers, in particular when you listen to Tertullian, I'm sure all of you read, about, read Tertullian's uh, blogs this week. Uh, but an early church, Father Tertullian talks about how John was uh, boiled in a huge basin of oil and still was miraculously healed from that. Because of his commitment to Jesus Christ, it cost him. He then was sentenced to, uh, to years of, of, of imprisonment on the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation. And he writes again after living, all going through highs and lows of being with Jesus and nearly being killed because of his His commitment to Jesus and staying with it. And he's saying, I'm telling you, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I want you to know it. And it's important that we share that with others. He was later freed uh, after writing the book of Revelation and uh, finished, finished his day in modern Turkey. He's the only, he died as an old man, the only apostle that we're aware of to die, and I put this in quotes peacefully. This is such an incredible book. It's one that we will want to dive deep into, one that you'll want to spend your summer looking at. It's an amazing book. Matthew and Luke, they, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all talk about the life of Jesus. But Matthew and Luke begin with the birth of Jesus. Mark begins with the baptism. But here's what is so incredible about the book of John. John reaches back even further into eternity and we're given access to the prequel, so to speak. Where is it found? In John 1. If you have your Bibles, you want to look there. John 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. It's a reference to Jesus. It's also a reference to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God Well, John brings it home and says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Jesus already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Jesus is before origin and beyond destiny. So we want to read all about this. Why else would we study anything else other than studying about Jesus? If he's before origin and beyond destiny, I think I want to tie my anchor to that one. That would totally make sense. The one who was and is and is to come. Let me put it this way. Jesus did not begin at his birth. He did not even begin at his miraculous conception. Jesus has existed as God and with God from before he constructed time and space. Let that blow us away. I have a friend who... Uh, it, It struggles with this whole idea of the incarnation of Jesus and he said how did you ever figure that out I said I'm still scratching my head it's one of these truths that we buy into and, and hold on to because the word of God teaches it. I look at Romans eight twenty eight sometimes and think whatever I'm facing or whatever someone else is facing in our church I think, how in the world is God gonna leverage this horrible situation for good? But Romans eight twenty eight says he causes all things to work together for good to those who love him. So what do I do? You just say I don't understand it, so therefore it's not any good I'm not that smart. But I am smart enough to put my hope and trust in the one who's before origin and beyond destiny. I'm smart enough to tie my anchor to him. So John presents the full deity of Christ from the very first uh, verse. In the beginning, the word already existed. And then, as I said, John will talk about miracles of Jesus. He will talk about amazing conversations, hard conversations that he had with religious leaders. Hard conversations he had with even his own followers of Christ. Interviews and dialogue with individuals. I am statements. And it's going to be amazing. In the beginning, Jesus always existed. In fact, here's what Colossians 1 describes about Jesus. For by him, speaking of Jesus, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. That pretty well covers it all. And it's a reference to Jesus. In verse 17 of Colossians, and he's before all things and in him all things hold together. He is our anchor. He keeps us together in difficult times. Hang on to him. This creator, this sustainer, this redeemer. John says it's true because he's seen it all. He heard him teach the Sermon on the Mount. He was there at his ascension. He was there at his crucifixion. He was there to, to, to be around for his resurrection. Eyewitness testimony. And so we look at at this and realize from before creation of the world, God the Son shared an eternal, intimate, Father-Son relationship with God the Father. And we know that. It says in the beginning, in verse Genesis 1-3, and God spoke things into being. Who was doing the speaking? It was Jesus. The Father and the Son are not two distinct gods. Rather, the Son shares Divine, They share divine nature. So here's what we have. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, co-equal members of the Trinity. And, and I do realize the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it's a description of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Hey, I've got good news for you. Look at verses 3, 4, and 5. So God created everything through Jesus. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. In other words, there's darkness, and when we enter into dark times, we need light. And it's not circumstances changing, and I hope all your circumstances change for good, but I realize that's not where we are. But we do have a God who exists, and he brings life and light to everyone. The light shines in dark times, and your dark times cannot extinguish it. Wow. He's a creator. He's a sustainer. He brings light. And then he says in verses 6 to 8, so... What happened from there? So God sent a man, John the Baptist, a different John, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony, what he saw, what he experienced. Now remember, John himself was not the light. He was simply an eyewitness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world and I read 6 to 8 and I think, that's what I want for New Cove. That's, what New, that's who New Cove is. That's who New Cove needs to be. And I narrow it down. That's who I want to be. I want to be like John the Baptist before his head was cut off. I want to be like that. I want our church to be this way. I want you to be that way. That God would send New Cove to tell about Jesus the light so that everyone might believe because of what we have experienced that we have put our hope and trust in this anchor this anchor Jesus and he's helped us through difficult times and through great times and he's taken our gift mix he's taken us how we're powerful and has maximized how he's made us and of course we would come back to say I don't want to be I don't want it to be about me John himself was not the light. New Cove is not the light. I'm not the light. We're simply just a witness to tell about it. We're, we're tour agents. We're tour guides. The only job of a tour guide is to point to what's more important. And our job is to be a tour guide for Jesus. And we just simply point to Jesus, point to Jesus, point to Jesus. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. So I come back to this, verse 14. So the word became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us. My prayer for us as we begin this journey through the miracles of Jesus, the I am statements of Jesus, the communication, conversations that he had, the highs and the lows, that we will come back to say, I've got news. I've got good news. This is what Jesus did, and this is what Jesus is now doing. I believe everything stands or falls on verse 14, so the word becomes flesh and dwells among us that we believe that Jesus became flesh and came alongside and that he is here to help us and to be, be our guide. So I'd ask you to respond with good news. Count me in. I, wanna, I want to receive good news. I want to share the good news. I want the good news to be experienced in my life. So let me tell you uh, kind of how this plays out and how I'd like for you as a church to respond. If you use you version. There is a Bible project that is listed in the uh, next steps, uh, Bible Project, the Gospel of John through the Bible Project. If you are not one who uses you version, you can go to bibleproject.com. bibleproject.com. It is one of the best Bible studies and backgrounds and challenges us uh, through the understanding who the author was and how John fits into the whole story. Uh, they use creativity to do it. You will be so glad you took time uh, to get onto the Bible Project. They do a thorough job, and we're going to start working our way through the uh, through highs and lows of the book of John uh, through this summer. Uh, hang on, because it just gets better and better and better. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would put our hope and trust in you, that you would be our anchor. Thank you that you have always existed and, and the fact that you are, are so far beyond us and yet you come to be one of us and to live a life to, to, to share with us that you've got good news, that we can have a relationship with you. So, Father, I pray that this summer would be one of the best summers we've ever had because we've just focused on you and we've aligned our life to the truths. God, may you speak to us. May you speak to those who are yet not yet followers, that they would, through this study, that they would become uh, committed to you. And for those of us who are followers of you, Father, may we be more than committed. May we give our lives to following you regardless, to put our hope and trust in you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.